God bless you. Amen. Brother Linfo, would you come? Brother Walter, would you join us on the platform? Brother Carlson, the same. Brother Brad, the same. Please. We are live again. Praise the Lord. Greetings, everybody at home, wherever you might be. Glad to have you with us tonight. Pray that the word of the Lord blesses you, and as it will us. God is good, amen, all the time. I'd like to turn quickly, if you'd go with me, to John chapter 11. And verse 4 says, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Brother Clayo, if you'd pray over me. Holy In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So in this setting, Lazarus is sick, and, and word is brought to Jesus. We need your help. He is sick. Now, as the reader, we get a different perspective than was given to ordinary people in that time. We can see ahead of time, if you will, that Lazarus is, in fact, going to die of that sickness. And, of course, Jesus knew that. That is no mystery to the Lord. There is no mystery of our condition to God. He knows right where we're at and right where we're going to be. And so Jesus knowing this, though, this is what amazes me, knowing that he was going to die of this sickness, had already started mentioning the testimony of Lazarus and the miracle that was done in his life. Before he had even passed, before he'd even gotten sick to that point, he had already started mentioning the testimony of Lazarus. How amazing is that? Kind of gives me a perspective on my, at least what I perceive as suffering sometimes. Maybe I'm not looking for the testimony in what I'm going through. And, and as we continue on, by the time Jesus got there, Lazarus had been dead four days. That's, that's a little while for that to soak into everybody's minds. And as we see in verse 39, at the latter part, they, they said, by this time he stinks. He's been dead a while. He's been in this state of decay long enough that he stinks. You don't, how could you want to go near him? How could you want to handle him? How could you want to work on him? Because he's been dead for four days. He stinks. But if we, if we continue on to the next verse, that being... My list of verses I misplaced. Um, but a few verses following, following this, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out here. Get out of that tomb. He, you don't see where Jesus says, hey, you need to go get all and send a big cleansing crew in there. Get everything cleaned up. Get them all washed up. He said, no, come. Come forth. Come forth, Lazarus. He did not. He w I don't see written in scripture where he was concerned about the condition or the stench that everyone else was concerned about. He saw the miracle that had to be done. Amen? And if we look to the story of the prodigal son, when he returns to his father, he's come from feeding swine, from feeding pigs. He's malnourished. He's wasted everything he has. And I can only imagine by virtue of living, taking care of pigs, he probably doesn't smell the best in that time. It's not like there was a hot shower waiting every night. But his father greeted him with joy. He ran 
to him as he returned. Came to him with joy, with restoration on his mind. Amen. And if we look at Exodus 34, verse 1. Moses had broken the two tables of stone that God had given him originally, that God had written on. He broke them. And upon that, God said, okay, so now here's the deal. You have to get two more, bring them up the mount, and then I will write on them again. Moses had to bring to God what he had broken. And then God grabbed a hold of it and did the work that needed to be done to get it back where it had to be. Amen? And God is so good in that. I can look at my own life and think sometimes, man, I've been, I've been struggling with this or I've fumbled over this so many times. It's got to stink by now. And the devil's in the front row saying, yep, definitely, definitely. It's horrible. God doesn't want to have anything to do with it. You stink. But, but that's not the way God works. Amen. God says, I, I, I got this. You just got to head my way. You just got to bring the tables up. You bring what you have broken, and I will put my perfect hands on it and fix it. And he is the only way that will get fixed. Not going to God because there's something broken in my life is like saying I'm not going to go to the mechanic because the car's broken. Or I'm not going to call a plumber because the pipes are leaking. God is the only solution to that. And he is not, the condition doesn't dictate what he is able to do in the sense that my man-made perspective of that condition, amen. God can do all things. Praise the Lord. Somebody say restoration. Praise God. Joel chapter 1 verse 12 says, The vine is dried up and the fig tree languisheth, the pomegranate tree and the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered because joy is withered away from the sons of men. Joel starts off this book, not a very positive note. He says, the trees that are in your midst, the trees that supply you with things that you need, they are all withered because joy is withered away in your life. Very, very interesting. Joel starts off and he says, what I've got to say is straight from the Lord. Everybody listen. Elders, in fact, you need to tell your children and you need to tell their children and they need to tell the next generation and so forth. Verse 4, he says, that which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten. Not a very positive message. And that which the locust hath left, the canker worm is going to eat. And whatever's left over from the canker worm, the caterpillar will eat. He says to the people of God, your offerings will be devoured. Your fields will be devoured. Your harvest will be ruined. Your seed is rotten. The beasts groan. The cattle are perplexed. The sheep are made desolate because he says in verse 12, thy joy is withered away. Joy defined as cheerfulness, gladness, rejoicing, mirth. I had to look up this word mirth and it means gladness shown by or accompanied with laughter. He says, these things are withered away in your life. Brother Carlos, the joy that I see in you, the enemy of your soul is going to try and devour and wither the joy that you have in your life. He's going to do whatever it takes to get at your joy. He's going to do whatever it takes to try and make you bitter. Joel here is talking about the end days. Joel 2 verse 10 says, the earth shall quake before them. 
The heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. Verse 11, he says, And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, and he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord, the end days, is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? But praise God, he gives us further instruction. Verse 12, he says, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart. He says, even though these things are happening, turn to God. And with fasting and with weeping and with mourning, praise God. Verse 13 says, And rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. Are you thankful for the mercies of God? These are the steps that we are given to restore joy in our life. I'm telling you right now, if joy seems to be leave, have left your life, these are the steps that we are given in the word of the Lord. Verse 21, it says, Fear not, O land. Hallelujah. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. 22, be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the... For the tree beareth her fruit, and the fig tree, and the vine do ye yield their strength. The things that you thought were dead and gone in your life. God is saying, I'm bringing them back into your life. Praise God. Verse 23 says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain. That means the things that used to be in your life, God is bringing them back. And he will give you to come down to you for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Not only are you going to get the things of old restored in your life, God is going to bring a new work into your life. Praise God. It's not just the days of old that you were on fire for God. It's not just the days of old that you felt like running the aisles and you actually ran the aisles. It's not just the days of old where you jumped and you shouted and you danced before the Lord. But God is restoring some things in your life today. If you receive joy right now in the name of Jesus, God will restore the things of old into your life. And he will bring a new, a new work to you. Praise God. Would you lift your hands and would you just give God praise for another moment? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Speaking about restoration, it's hard to get past the story of Job for me. In fact, it's hard to ever get past the story of Job. I seem to reference it more than I should. Um, but just to cap kind of what goes on there, Job loses everything. And his situation is so bad that everyone around him is telling him things like this in chapter 2, verse 9. It's his wife that says, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Your situation is pretty dire when those around you that have been probably through some other things with you, that have seen you gone through some other things. I mean, this is his wife, right? Where your friends look at you and say, I'm sorry, I got nothing. I have no advice for you other than to give up. Those that are your very closest confidants say, I've got nothing. Even his friends had nothing good to say. 
In fact, they tried to blame him for it. But here's his response. I want to look at this. Job 2, verse 10, he says, But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women, women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this, Job sinned not. That's the correct response. When we're facing everything, just wait. In, verse, in chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Sometimes it's a good thing to call out the miserable comforters. Amen. Shall vain words have an end? Meaning, are you ever going to stop talking? Or, or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest? What makes you think that you can even speak into this situation? Listen, we have to be careful when we try to speak into someone else's life. If it's not uplifting, if it's not helpful, they didn't invite you and God didn't give you the authority there. We're speaking without authority if we're not uplifting. Amen? And in the end of it all, this is what I want to get to here. In Job 42, verse 10, it says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You said something about when God restores, he's also doing a new thing. If you've ever seen someone, you've seen some of those classic cars, uh, the classic car shows and people that have restored a car. I look at those cars and I'm thinking, that thing never looked that good on the showroom floor. That's more than a restoration. That's an improvement. And that just reminds me of what God does in our lives when he restores something. It's better than it was before. What God can do in my life and my situation isn't limited by my interpretation or my imagination. God is about to do a new thing, and you're about to have more than you had before this even started. Amen? Just because that is what God does. Psalms 23 verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I believe that if we keep the faith through whatever it is that you're facing tonight, and let God have the glory through it all, it doesn't make a difference whether it's a trial, whether it's an affliction, whether it's a straight-up attack, or God's got a lesson for you. There's a lot of debate around that, but guess what? It doesn't really matter, because when God looks your direction and decides enough is enough, You've, you're about to be delivered, you're about to be restored, it only takes a moment, and not only am I restored, but where my standing is, is better than where I ever thought I could be, amen? When God decides it, restoration happens, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good word, brothers. Good word. Amen. How many of you are ready for restoration? You ready for that word to come to pass? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 2 Kings 6, 15, 16, and 17. Don't stand, please. You're okay. 
And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. For a few minutes tonight, I'd like to talk about the subject, Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Praise God. As the years have come and gone, there's one thing that has always been and will always continue to be, and that is the vision that the man of God in our life poses and puts on display for us that God has intended for you and I as long as that man of God is lined up right. Pastor Herring does not negligently throw up these, these signs, time to restore, year of restoration. He doesn't negligently just put those things up there, you know, ill thought out. Those are something that in prayer and in fasting and in seeking for the vision and the will of God for the next upcoming year, season. That's what God imparts to the man of God that's over us, praise God. Solomon said it in Proverbs 29, where there is no vision, the people perish. Praise God. I've come to tell you here in Palmer Pentecostal Church tonight that if we would get a hold of the vision that the man of God has put in our life for the year of 2021, there's no telling what God is going to put into your life, what he is going to restore, what he is going to multiply. There's no telling what will happen, what revival can come to your home if we would get behind the vision of the man of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 2021 could be your year of restoration, but you have to get a hold of that vision for yourself. It's not enough that he sees it. You've got to see it with him. You've got to see it like the prophet saw it. Oh, we're in trouble. And he said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see what's going to happen this year. It's not enough that Pastor Herring saw it for your soul. You've got to say, God of heaven, open my eyes so I can see like the man of God sees. I want to know what I'm getting restored to. I want to know what the devil took. It's coming back my way. I want to know where I'm going to be, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the spies and of uh, the 12, 12 Hebrew children spies came back, only two of them had a good report. Ten of them said, I don't think we should tangle with them. That city's too big. They've got giants. Uh, they've got every corner guarded. They've got every gate covered. We ought to just go our way and settle down in the wilderness. Uh, but Joshua and Caleb said, oh, no, I see something. There's a gap in the wall. There's a hole in their armor. I can take the city. Moses, we can do it. We can do it. You've got to get a hold of the vision that the man of God 
has placed in your life. It's an invaluable thing that when a man of God says, I see restoration coming, it's invaluable that we say, you see it? I want to see it. I want to know that. Show me what you see, Pastor. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My lips are dry. No water up here tonight. Praise God. If you've ever been up against the wall in your life and your own life facing demise and facing situations that there's no way out of and all of a sudden before you could ever blink an eye, before you could ever turn around and catch your breath, you're on the other side of your situation and you don't have any explanation other than God must have got me through. If you've ever been up against the Red Sea in your life and Pharaoh's chariots are on the other side and they've got you covered from here, from there, and there's no way out, let me tell you, there's a God that's got you your back. There's a God that says, you may look like nothing's going to work out, but give me your trust. Give me your vision. Let me have it. I've got you. 2021 will be the year of restoration. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil has lied to you time and time again. He said that your situation is too dark. You've done too much. It's hopeless. You've come too far. You've come too far down this road of sin. You've done one too many things too, times too wrong. And the devil has told you every time you go to an altar, there's no hope. There's no chance of you getting up change. There's no way God's going to accept you across those gates. Oh, let me tell you from years of experience of listening to that voice, if you ever want to make it to heaven, get a hold of the vision of grace that God went to a cross for your sins and you can make it. You will make it. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you said. There's no sin that God can't cover. Hallelujah. You quit listening to the voice of the enemy telling you you've done too much. The blood covered way too much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you think God went to the cross in vain? I don't think so. I don't think so. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And if his grace was sufficient for them, then it's sufficient for me. And if it's sufficient for me, it's sufficient for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be in darkness. You may see no way out. But let me tell you, darkness only lasts for a night. And what comes in the morning? Joy. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes at the end of my darkness. Joy comes at the end of my situation. Joy comes right when I think about giving in the towel. Right when I think about quitting. Right when I think about giving up. Oh, I'm almost there. Hold on, child of God. Hold on. Joy comes in the morning morning praise God hallelujah thank you Jesus for joy hallelujah hallelujah four years ago in an old country church in the south an elderly lady walked in the back and she sat down she was a first-time visitor and the the pastor as he began to speak uh, about two songs in he was in in between songs he began to say something he motioned to a young minister and said go pray for that lady over there young minister goes back to lay hands on a lady he never met before in his life uh, and as the tears began to flow down her face uh, God began to speak into his spirit uh, and he began to curse cancer and bind cancer 
cancer in her life. Tears began to flow. Arms went and reached in the air. And just a few days ago, that lady texted me and said, you remember praying for me? I'm cancer free. Don't you tell me God can't do it. Don't you tell me that the doctor's report is gone. Don't you tell me that. God is still in the healing business. He's still going to take care of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. 2018, just a couple years ago, a young man approached me and Robbie at work and said, Hey, my mother's got cancer. Would you please pray for her? I know you guys pray. I hear you talking about church. We worked with a young man here at the hospital. So what did we do? We bound together and we prayed. And it wasn't years later. It wasn't decades later, of course. It was just a few days, if not a week later. He come to us and said, It worked. Mama's free from cancer. Mama don't have it no more. The doctor's report came back. He's still in the healing business. He's still ready to restore. He's still ready to take care of your need. It may seem like a stage four cancer, but I tell you what, God doesn't see stages anymore. He says, give me your problem. Give me your faith and watch what I can do with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2016, I went to the doctor in Tennessee. I was having troubles breathing. Went to the doctor to find out what's going on. He said, you got 21 tumors in your right lung. It doesn't look good. 2017, an older gentleman walked up to me and said, can I pray for you? I said, yes, sir, no problem. I didn't know him from Adam. He started to pray, and he laid his hand on my chest. He said, Lord, you said if I'd pray for whatever's going wrong in this man's lungs, you'd heal me of lung cancer. I didn't tell nobody. I didn't feel the earth shake beneath my feet, but I began to believe in God even more. I believe God was working. Oh, just a few months ago, I got a phone call from somebody. It said, that man you know that prayed for you, yeah, he's completely healed of stage four lung cancer. He doesn't have a cell in his body. I went back to the doctor. They took x-rays of my chest. There's not one tumor in these lungs. I've come to tell somebody today, you may feel like you're on death's door, but you're not. Keep knocking. God's on the other side. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody stand to your feet and give God praise. He's about to restore everything the devil ever took from you. Hallelujah. 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 God is good. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Three years ago, we got a phone call from Naomi's dad said he, he had cancer. So he goes, we, come, we bind together, we pray. He goes in, he has a surgery. Why do what, what, wait, God didn't heal him? God has different methods of healing people. He had surgery. He come out cancer-free. It's been three years. He had his checkup the other day, completely cancer-free still. God has different methods. Don't question the method. Start believing God's going to do something for you. Your situation, like I said, may seem dark, but there's joy coming in the morning, saints. There's joy coming in the morning, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's still... Performing miracles. He's still 
answering prayer. He's still restoring marriages. He's still fixing the backslider's heart. He's still removing cancer. He's still healing broken hearts. He's still restoring the, the feeble mind. He's still, hallelujah, praise God. One more story before I close. Daniel 6 and 13, the rulers and the presidents and the governors, they are all conspiring against Daniel. Why? Because he was a man of God. He was hated for what he stood for. And they convinced the king that if anybody prays to any other God than you, why don't we put him in a, in a dungeon? Why don't we put him in a den with lions? Why don't we do something to him? So he says, okay, okay, that sounds good. So they did this all in hopes of just catching Daniel doing something wrong. Nobody else in the kingdom, they could care less. I doubt he was the only one praying. But for some reason, they were going after the man of God. They were going after the one who had the vision. So he, began, he goes home. He hears about it. Daniel does. He says, okay, roll, opens up his window. He starts praying as if it was just the same day as before. And they come to the king, and they say, you know that Daniel? Yeah, he, we caught him praying. He's going against your word. He's the one that broke it. Yep, we had no idea it was going to be him, but he broke it. So what's the king do? Oh, my goodness, not Daniel. Okay, fine. So he had to do it. So he put him in a, in a lion's den, but he goes to his chamber, and he locks himself up, and he says, I've got a fast for my friend. I've got a fast for the man of God. I wonder what would happen if you would begin to put away the meal and put away the pleasure and start to fast for your man of God with a vision who may be facing the lion's den, who may be facing situations that you didn't see were going to happen. Oh, King Darius went and fasted, and what happened? Oh, the lion's mouths were shut by the hand of God. He sent an angel. I'm telling you, it's not too late to start fasting for your situation. It's not too late to start believing in faith. God will send an angel, and he will shut up cancer, and he will shut up your situation, and he will shut up the naysayers all because they want to speak against you or speak against your man or speak against your pastor i'm telling you right now somebody ought to bind together in 2021 if you want him to be restored if you want your brother to be restored or your sister to be restored why don't we fast for him why don't we bind together and pray for him that king saw a need i see a need coming in 2021 and i want to see restoration come i want to see people healed. I want to see people delivered. I don't want it just for myself. I want you delivered, Brother DJ. I want you delivered, Brother Richie. I want us all delivered in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Musicians, if you would come, I'm telling you right now, if you want to see restoration happen like you've never seen it happen, get behind the vision of the man of God and start putting away the plate. Start putting away things in 2021 that you used to do in 2020. Why don't we bind together and live it like we talk? Why don't we bind together and live it like it's preached? God, I see restoration coming. I I see restoration for my brother. I see restoration for my sister. Oh, I believe it. Bind with somebody today. Pray with them. Pray in faith. Pray in faith. I wonder what would happen on a Wednesday night if somebody would decide, oh, I can worry about bills later. I can worry about what's on the crock pot later. And I can pray. Restoration is on its way. There is faith in the house.
If you need a healing, why don't you make your way forward? We're going to anoint you with oil, and God is going to deliver you. If you need a touch in your body, if you need a touch in your mind, if you need a touch in your marriage, if you need a touch in your finances, watch God do something. Stand in the gap for somebody. Let your faith go to work. Hallelujah. 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 